apologies, uh, accept apologies. Uh, Secretary, are there any apologies? Good morning, everybody. Yes, Chairperson, there's apology from the Minister and the DG and Deputy Minister Kadiming. They all have prior commitments and these apology from Deputy Minister Bapila that has a family responsibility. And then from the side of the department, Dr. Tao, the head of the Disaster Management Center will be leading the delegation from the department. Thank you. Sorry, sorry, Chairperson. Also, Honorable Butalesi, she has had an operation and will only be back um, to work on the 25th of March. Thank you. Okay. Honorable members, any further apologies that might not have been communicated with the Secretary? Uh, none. Uh, as already indicated, the agenda item is one. Uh, can I get a proposal for adoption of that or anything that you would want to amend that item? the hands of the honorable members uh, i see honorable Tesa, number one honorable brink number two um, for now it looks like those are the two hands can i allow you uh, honorable Tesa, to start the deliberation Oh, thank you very much, Chair. We, uh, we thank you very much for the opportunity to deliberate on these matters. Uh, there, there are a plethora of issues across board and a number of legislations that then uh, inform what is available and what is not available. And uh, firstly, the EFF would reject the amendments to the based on the following. We do not find their argument convincing in that there is a lot of mimicry uh, of the existing legislation. Thus find the argument unresearched and unprepared and ill-prepared. The fact that some whites-only stakeholders came last year to the committee with whites-only representation came to the committee to count 
to count their losses without acknowledgement that uh, COVID-19 regulations and COVID-19 national uh, state of of disaster did not only affect them, but across all sections and across all society, uh, the poor and, and the fact that they 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 came to 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 masquerade as concerned about unemployment whereas uh, we we had asked them about transformation uh, without a proper response provided to the committee uh, leaves a lot to be desired that the amendment bill recording in progress sorry about that Jay. sorry i don't know where that comes from it often does that on my side uh, that the amendment bill initially did not receive traction uh, in the in the public. It took the committee resolution to open the bill up for public comments in the first place, which was open from the 19th June, July to, to, to 26th August uh, 2021 for a period of three weeks. And uh, there were some uh, 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 the submissions that were that were received from from different stakeholders, which ended last week, uh, again, chair, falling very, very, very short of of actually tracking track, as to what are the root causes of these uh, amendments. Because uh, you 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 propose that uh, you are within twenty one days, and in terms of the considerations of the effectiveness of of uh, uh, communication of of necessary uh, uh, information to departments, province, districts, local municipalities, sector departments, affected departments, uh, affected communities. Uh, we didn't find uh, uh, any uh, supporting uh, much uh, in backup in terms of the details of how how would they uh, achieve this within 21 days as proposed. So uh, thus, uh, the 21 days uh, is is quite uh, questionable from our side. Uh, Proposal of national state of, and then uh, should be in a position, and then shared, there is a question of, of, of uh, uh, the public institution having to strengthen accountability. Uh, indeed, uh, we are in support of, 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 of accountability, Chair. But uh, in terms of the National Disaster Management Act, uh, Section 8, Section 9, and Section 10 of, of, the, of the Act, uh, which, which then uh, asserts that uh, which, which doesn't clarify as to whether the, the, the actual uh, disaster management center does have to hold, can hold some of the officials to account to, uh, in the lack of uh, a, a response in terms of, 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 the, of the damages caused by the, by the national disaster. The agility, efficiency, Effectiveness of the management uh, within 21 days is quite questionable. How would they man- be managing in such a short period of time? I repeat that, Chair. To propose that the national, provincial, and local state of disaster may only be effective in no more than 21 days is a federalist for us, federalist 
approach of power mongering tactics to self-seeking containment and retainment of all that is temporarily yours, yours, all that is temporarily in your hands, and reactionary manipulation to justify unnecessary mimics rather than bringing about, meaning that uh, rather than bringing about a solution and a detailed uh, plan into the community as to this is how we are going to achieve this. Uh, I fail, I, I really fail to understand uh, how then we'll, we'll accept this as, 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 as amendments as, as, or we support the amendments. And the other issue, Chair, then uh, relates to the, the 60% support of the, of the of votes that should be uh, done in terms of, of resolution adopted in terms of the extensions of the disaster. Uh, we view it as, as something that will affect, perpetuate ransom uh, on disasters and urgent decisions that should be taken on, man, on damages caused by the disaster. Because for us, uh, any any anything that affects the public or anything that is not supported by the public is a as a vanguard of the communities we 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 would support uh, anything else that is uh, supported by white monopoly capital that does not seem to transform and come to committees with uh, with that uh, 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 presentation of, of of that prowess of white supremacy. We we don't support. It's as simple as that. And the community must just stay. Must always uh, know that 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 will not happen uh, under our watch. And then, chair. Uh, then there is a there is a proposal pertaining to transparency, to transparency and 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 all those things. And I think that uh, if I may, I will, on the Disaster Management Act, number 57 of, nine, of, of 2002, uh, that book, uh, I might not know how to read it yet, but uh, it says research 3.32 uh, disaster risk management initiatives must be pre preceded by transparent research and careful planning and must provide evidence of the relevant and likely effectiveness of the planned interventions. Now, yeah, the last time I, I I'd asked Dr. Dao of the Disaster Management uh, Center to, to then, uh, oh, I asked the minister, not Dr. Dao, uh, on empirical evidence and and and. Uh, and uh, scientific, scientific, uh, scientific, uh, scientific uh, uh, facts on on some of the decisions that were taken. And chair, we we stand by that. You see that 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 stands that such things, chair, uh, within whether it's it's the presidential coordinating committee, national disaster management center. A National Command Council, MINMEC, all of them will that they must lobby each other on decisions related to unleashing violence on any kind of violence. There are alternatives uh, we can take. We watch the news all the time, Chair. Uh, 
there are alternative means to 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 deal with the community to enforce the law without violence and violence uh, as Franz Fanon says is dangerous because it only uh, 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 chooses the side of those who are the wretched of the earth so to speak uh, all the time it's the people in the rural areas and then it's the people uh, in the in your in your townships that will what will always experience violence and we have not seen violence on the other side that means those who are who are controlling the means of productions those who are privileged will not be touched by through to through, through violent means so unleashing violence uh, through these uh, institutions must not find expression at all and so those 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 that sit in those in those committees and those that sit in the in the in the national state of disaster uh, uh, arrangement must must lobby each other against this thing people have a right uh, to exist people have a right to life as enshrined in the bill of rights and so there are better better ways to actually correct the situation rather than uh, uh, perpetuating uh, uh, problems and 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 ending up with with people that are dying uh, and so and so forth so 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 indeed uh, chair uh, that is our position there and the fact that some 500 uh, whatsapp communications were quite ambiguous in terms of uh, what uh, whether they support or not and so any any non support by public uh, is a non-support for the EFF. Uh, if that non-support is not manipulated, of course. Uh, I think for now, that's my uh, submission, Chair. Thank you very much. You uh, Honorable Brink. Uh, good morning, Chair. Can you hear me clearly? Yes, we can. Thanks very much. Chair, I think the first question before us in considering uh, a bill such as this is uh, a motion of desirability. In other words, not the specific provisions that the draft bill puts on the table, but whether considering those provisions at all is merited by circumstances, uh, but also by the input that we have received as a committee. Now, according to the summary of input that was received in writing, as well as orally before the committee, provided very competently by our researcher, and according to my own count, 15 organizations formally gave input into uh, this draft bill and five individuals. My colleague has referred to the 500 WhatsApp messages um, and it's also important that uh, we don't just reject what was communicated via those WhatsApp messages but attempt to extrapolate some kind of a message from them even if they are not clear as to whether they support or do not support the uh, amendment bill, even if they aren't explicit, I mean. And according to my count, 11 of the 15 organizations that made presentations before us 
expressed either full or qualified support for the idea of amending the Disaster Management Act for the purpose of uh, introducing stronger procedural constraints to the exercise of power by the national government under the existing legislation. That is 15, that is 15 organizations, and I, according to my account, 11 of them either express full or qualified support for the objectives outlined in the memorandum of the bill. And this includes uh, quite a wide diversity of organizations. We also received uh, submissions from five individuals, some of whom were experts in constitutional law. Um, and on my account, three of the five individuals who made those submissions uh, expressed qualified support for the objectives outlined in the memorandum of the bill. Five, three of the five individuals. So that's 11 of the 15 organizations, three of the five individuals, and then we must take into account, as per the feedback in paragraph 1.4 of the updated summary of submissions on the draft disaster management amendment bill as provided by the researcher committee, 500 submissions were received by WhatsApp. And while not all of them were clear and explicit on whether they support or oppose the bill, many did express criticism of the government's lockdown strategy and its risk-adjusted strategy in regards to lockdown, which I think um, are less convincing than obviously the explicit submissions, but it is something that the committee must take into account. Chairperson, um, getting back to the original point, and that is whether an amendment of this nature is desirable. Um, from these submissions and our own discussions, we can debate whether a state of disaster should be three months or 21 days. We can debate whether a special majority should be required uh, to extend a national state of disaster um, or whether a 50% majority will do. We can debate various other uh, aspects of the bill, but I think that debate follows uh, an, a conclusion by this committee that in fact, this legislation is uh, desirable. And I can just refer by way of example to submissions by Professor Tuli Martin-Sela from the University of Stellenbosch, as well as the Helen Suzman Foundation who expressed support for the idea of placing greater procedural constraints on the power of the executive under a state of disaster, um, but who pointed out that they oppose the special majority. So those things we can debate once we have uh, decided on the desirability of the amendment. But one thing that uh, Professor Madonsela and the Helen Suzman Foundation and others do agree with is clearly that there is a need for an amendment to this act. And Professor Madonsela refers specifically 
in her submission to the lack of a meaningful parliamentary supervision, which is under the existing legislation at odds with the United Nations good governance principles. And I think it's a very important uh, takeaway for us because we are not merely discussing here the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, which we hope is now uh, receding. We are discussing uh, any future invocation of a national state of disaster uh, under which government power doesn't mean doesn't matter who's in government, whether it's the ANC in government, the DA in government, the EFF in government, uh, in which government power can be abused um, without meaningful parliamentary accountability, without meaningful accountability to the public. And that is significant and it extends, as I've mentioned, beyond the risk of COVID. And then, Chairperson, I think it's important to point to the diversity of the nature of the organizations who have made submissions before us. Um, I think it will be very uh, uh, difficult to conclude based on what my colleague has said that we've only heard from uh, white organizations or organizations that uh, individuals that support white supremacy. I, for instance, I've mentioned uh, Professor Tuli Madansela, and I don't understand uh, in any conception how she would be associated with white supremacy, but also as diverse as the Association for Charismatic Churches. Um, and that is significant because we're not just dealing here with uh, a segment of society, a number of small lobbying organizations, churches, traditional leaders, business organizations, even, even um, chairperson, the submissions of the National Union of Metal Workers said um, that the extension and lapsing of the period of a state of disaster should be subject to public debate in the National Assembly, provincial legislatures, or municipal council. And they also said that the decision as to the extension should be made after considerations from members of the public have been received. Now that, Chairperson, uh, from the one submission we've received from organized labor would be in support of the motion of desirability. We can debate the details later, but I think uh, chairperson, if we apply our minds objectively to the submissions uh, and to the discussions in the committee on this bill, this bill uh, should proceed. It is desirable to uh, amend the current Disaster Management Act, and we must give ourselves and the public the benefit of a proper debate as to uh, how that amendment should look. Um, thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Drake. Um, now I see Honorable Hrunewald. Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, yes, our Honorable Brink has said a lot, and I want to agree with him on every word that he said. We must remember that this bill is for the Parliament to have or to help the executive accountable and do oversight on what they are doing. And currently, 
as it is in the Disaster Management Act, we cannot do this. Therefore, if we say that this act or this bill is not desirable, we actually are saying that we do not agree with oversight and accountability of the executive. So therefore, uh, Chairperson, I want to support Brink to say that this bill must be desirable and we will support the desirability of this bill. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Can I follow up, please? Yes, you can follow up. I'm not trying to... I never said that we've never said in the EFF that we don't support accountability. That's the first thing. And to to patronize us as an organization to say that... Chairperson, point of order. We must apply how much. I'm on the floor. Chairperson, I, I wasn't speaking of the AFF. If the shoe fits, you must just pull the, put on the shoe, please. Yeah, you, you must put the shoe because you brought the amendment bill. We're trying to and uh, interrogate the uh, amendment bill. Uh, Honorable Teresa, uh, when a member says point of order, allow me to listen to the point of order and then rule. Then we proceed from there. Honorable Grunewald, what is the point of order? Chairperson, I think that we are all members of this committee, and I'm can say can have my view in terms of this bill. If the EFF feels that I was directing any comment to them, um, they must p- please put on the shoe if it fits. But Chairperson, I don't see the EFF as important enough to talk to them. I'm talking to the bill. Thank you. But that's not the point of order. So let's 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 allow him to conclude and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll move from there. Honorable Tesa. Uh, let me clarify something, uh, Chair. There is no honorable Tesa or a member of the the committee of on corporate governance and traditional affairs without the organization. I'm deployed by the organization in this and and I I carry out first and foremost uh the, the 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 propositions by by the organization that so 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 are everyone in this committee so let's let's not behave as friends to manipulate each other towards a an ideal that is, that does not hold please and i was saying that i did not uh, 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 dispute the fact that the committee itself um, uh, is on is in is in unison for a very long time chair in terms of holding the, the executive to account. And in terms of the oversights of, 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 of the claimed uh, 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 reports that we are receiving from municipalities uh, in, this, in, this, in this committee, thus a need for us to, to, to be physical in, in terms of, uh, of seeing uh, value for money and, and, and all oversight committees across. But that's not my point. My point is that if you are saying that uh, there are they, there is a diverse submission of different, I agree that there's the diverse <laughs> diverse uh, submissions here, but we have not been given details into how they are going to resolve that that, that situation within that uh, uh, period they are proposing in the committee, not to me, not to the EFF, but in the committee, we have not received the details as to how they are going to ensure that 
uh, all communications across all affected departments, affected uh, national, provincial, I've said that, district and local municipalities, uh, uh, and, all on, and, and all communities, how are they going to, 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 to get to, to resolve that within, with, within that period? We have, it's something that we have not heard in the committee, you see? But what we have had is, is, is interest groups that came with their own interest in terms of how this thing should, 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 should obtain. And, and, and of course, it's, it's a fact that we have asked them about transformation. It's on record here in my books here. I, I record everything. Today is the 22nd of, of February 2022. We are dealing with internal committee deliberations on disaster management. So we are saying about what we are saying. We record everything. So, so, so let them give us the details of how they are going to get around that thing within the proposed period. And then we can support them. Because at the center of that, the committee needs to hold the executive to account and do oversight of the things. Because I said, section, section, uh, uh, section eight, nine, and ten of the of the of the act does not uh, 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 simplify or propose how the national state of disaster then must come. Uh, to, to, to hold what the affected departments, because in terms of the response, you see, in terms of, of, of those that should respond urgently, because we're at the urgent state of, of disaster, where, where, where urgent decisions and urgent uh, 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 responses need to be done. Currently, I said yes, we said yeah, uh, uh, last week, Chair, that uh, ch school children are not able to go to school from January. Due to the interventions of farm, of farm, farm owners and farm, and, 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 farm uh, and, 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 and departments, how are they going to work together? I was asking Agriese here, how are they working together with, with, the, with the National, State, National Command Center in terms of ensuring that those roads are in good state for the children and transport to, to thrive there? No, I was not answered. But uh, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I've not unmuted myself. I'm saying I I see one of the group rings hand. I'm not sure if it is the old one. Uh, but Chairperson. Uh, yes. It's not, a, it's not an old hand. Uh, I, I won't be repeating anything, um, save to emphasize in, in response uh, to my colleague, the Honorable Feza. I think that the important questions raised about the timeline of the disaster management um, or the timeline of the national state of disaster and so forth um, can best be addressed once we have agreed as a committee that this act should be amended uh, and then we can look at things such as the timeline and, and some of the other points raised. Uh, an interesting issue is uh, he mentioned schools, which I think are very important, the closing of schools 
which under this declaration of national disaster for too long, um, I believe that that schools were closed unilaterally without um, Parliament and the public having any of a say of it. Uh, it was done under a regulation promulgated under the declaration of a national state of disaster. And I think that's exactly the type of uh, powers that, of government that needs to be constrained. And uh, whereas we might not be in full agreement now on all of the particulars of how to constrain that power and how to ensure accountability, um, this bill gives us the opportunity to do so. Um, but we first have to agree that uh, it is in fact desirable for this bill to serve for our consideration. Thanks very much, Chairperson. Uh, thank you. Um, honorable members, in fact, uh, what, what is uh, troubling me now, it's only that I see these three hands. So that might keep on. Uh, uh, I think the central question is, uh, what do we want to do? We have listened to uh, all the inputs from the department, from stakeholders, from uh, everybody. So we are here now comparing the notes. We have been given a summary, by the way. And uh, I, I thought then members would talk to that. And immediately from there, we are able to say, this is what we think should be our way forward on the uh, uh, bill that has been presented. So I am not going to, because I'm waiting for hands, but I equally expect uh, members to deliberate on the matter. Honorable Chair. Yes, uh, Honorable Kronova. If I may, uh, Chair, uh, thank you. I'm going to switch off my video because I haven't got a very strong signal of where I am here at Parliament. Uh, okay. So my apologies for uh, <laughs> closing my video. Chair, if I understand you correctly, uh, you want to go over now to the committee to make a decision. May I, and I do think that uh, it is appropriate at this stage to say something. And if you don't mind, uh, do you allow me to just uh, summarize as far as the bill is uh, concerned before you going further? So I ask your permission whether I can uh, continue. Uh, let me give you that uh, opportunity. Uh, like I'm saying, uh, I think it would help us to have a sense of even you who proposed the bill, you must have been listening to all the input. Then out of that, then say something, please. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, Chair, maybe uh, I must start to just ref refresh the minds a bit. That was uh, when uh, the Honorable Faith Mother Tumbi was the chairperson. We started with this process. And can I just say to the honorable members, uh, you will remember, yes, it's a private member's bill. But then when the decision was taken to ask for public comments on the bill, uh, it was actually said that the committee now take possession 
of the bull. Uh, so we must first see that this is an opportunity where there is an amendment bill on the table. And I think it has been said uh, by uh, some of the honourable members here. And it is actually a bill for the committee now. Now, let me stress again, honourable uh, chair, it has never been the purpose of this bill to say that we want to take powers away from the Honourable Minister to declare, for instance, a state of disaster. The Parliament or the committee or any other institution cannot declare a state of disaster. It's only the Minister. So those powers are untacked. It is for the Minister or whoever is in a position, whether it's on provincial or local government level, for that specific member uh, to make that decision. And Chairperson, the whole issue, the central issue of this bill is about accountability and oversight. And yes, I know that we received some proposals when it, there's a comparison between, for instance, the disaster management bill and the state of emergency bill. I think we must just keep in mind, uh, Honorable Chair, that if we compare the two, I did submit a research paper right at the beginning, and it is quite interesting to remember that in the world, about 80 countries, they didn't use a disaster management bill. In fact, they don't have a disaster bill or act, let me put it that way. They all have declared a state of emergency. Now, I think South Africa is in a certain sense in a unique situation where you have a disaster management act and the state of emergency act. There is uh, an overlapping, if you go and look at the state of emergency, it also provides for a natural disaster. But Chairperson, if we look what happened in practice, let me remind the Honourable Members that you know at one stage, the Honourable President uh, employed 75,000 members of the South African National Defence Force. Now 75,000 members is actually uh, the total members of the South African National Defence Force. So we had a state of a disaster, although in practice we had exactly the same situation where we actually had a state of emergency. And I don't want to go in the arguments of human rights and all that sort of things. Uh, I think uh, there were deliberations on that. The fact of the matter is that the state of or the dis uh, disaster Management Act created the situation where you could just as well use the emergency uh, state of emergency act, and therefore, Chair, there was an outcry, and I say an outcry from all people in South Africa, all walks of life, uh, to say, but there should be more accountability and oversight from Parliament. And I've listened to what the Honourable Member of the EFF said, and I support him when he said that they do believe 
uh, in oversight and accountability. And that's why, and I understand that also from his leader. Uh, I am not aware of the fact that the EFF ever said that they're against oversight and accountability. In, in the contrary is the way I understand that is exactly what they want. So when the members make decisions on the desirability, they must ask themselves, uh, are we in favor of more uh, accountability, more oversight from parliament? And I think an objectively decision should be, of course we want. And let me remind the honorable members of this committee as well, that you know with the Zonda Commission, the previous speaker, the honorable Tandi Modise, when she went to the Zonda Commission, she apologized to the people of South Africa for the lack of oversight from Parliament and the accountability from Parliament towards the executive when it came to state capture. So that is the most important thing. And Chairperson, this is an opportunity. Uh, and like the EFF said, yes, there are many issues. Uh, and let's I refer, like the Honourable Brink has referred to the schooling, uh, this is an opportunity. And all the other issues, uh, besides the political issues with different views, I think that each and every political party will have an opportunity that if they accept the desirable or desirability of this bill, that they can work further on all those issues. That in the end, Honorable Chair, and that is the most important thing, is to say to the people of South Africa, our constituents, that yes, we as your representatives, we want to have more say in, for instance, the make and the acceptance of certain regulations. And I don't want to go into that because it may sound like... Uh, Politics, but it is not politics, but allow me to use one example, like for instance, the regulations that at one stage determined that people were not allowed to uh, wear open-toe shoes. Now, say I don't want to go into that, but that is an example where Parliament can play the role. To say, no, but this regulation is not suitable. Uh, there's no scientific proof to have such a regulation. And that is where, for instance, each and every political party's member can have his or her say to say, no, no, uh, this is not acceptable. Yes, this regulation is necessary and uh, it is accepted. It's the same with the duration. Chairperson, we are more than two years in a state of disaster now. And Parliament, and I think that in itself is proof that Parliament has no powers on it. Uh, everybody, I can't think of any member of Parliament, I'm a member of Parliament myself, are confronted almost daily by the public or constituents to say, but what are you doing about the fact that we're still in a state of disaster? I'm sure each and every member of this committee has been confronted by that. And they say, but you're a member of parliament. What are you doing? But if we want to be honest here, 
we must admit that at this stage, we have no powers. Because we don't have any powers as members of parliament. The institution that represents the people to say, listen, minister, please come and explain to us. And she, might, and she explained. But if we disagree with that, if the, all the members in the committee disagree with the minister, the minister turns around and says, I heard what you said, but now you do as I say. We don't have the power at this moment as in the way the present act is uh, determining that the minister and the minister only, and yes, I know it's with uh, cabinet and everybody, has the power to end the state of disaster. Therefore, Honorable Chair, I'm going to conclude. My appeal is to the Honorable Members that we must ask ourselves, what is our answer to our constituents? in terms of what we as members of parliament are doing, for instance, as far as the state of disaster is still uh, effective, and why can we not intervene with that? Now, Chairperson, the 21 days and all those other details, of course, it can be changed. Uh, it was used because of a similarity between the state of emergency and the state of disaster. Uh, that was a comparison. So my final appeal, uh, Honorable Chair, is, and I think all political parties, I can't imagine myself that there's a single political party, although we may have different political views on certain issues, but I can't see that any political party can go out and say to the people of South Africa, we don't believe that Parliament should have oversight and accountability over a situation like a national disaster. Therefore, Chairperson, I ask on your objectivity and responsibility towards the electorate of South Africa. Thank you for the opportunity, Honorable Chair. Thank you, Honorable uh, Runewald. Um, uh, well, we appreciate your your clarity, but uh, as as expected, uh, you were correct to say I'm trying now to probe uh, 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 members to say as we deliberate, uh, we must have a way forward in terms of this. And uh, I think it was clarified that uh, once we are able to say this is desirable, then we'll be able to say what do we do. If we say it is not, uh, as uh, Honorable Brink tried to break down, but I'm saying we have a summary of the submissions before all of us, so we should not struggle to say whether this is uh, desirable or not, and then uh, uh, get guided as to what do we do. If it is not desirable, or if it is desirable, then what would be the next step? So I'm trying to uh, push members to raise their hands. I see a Zoom user, one, 
and uh, Honorable Brink, number two. Can I get to you, uh, and then Honorable Direct, number three, um, Honorable Tesla, number four. That uh, first uh, hand of Zoom user, can can you come up? In fact, it's, it's reflecting like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry, Mr. Chairperson. I, I can't change my name. It's Dr. Pediatsi from National Cocktail. So I'm, okay. well, it's written Zoom user, but I don't know how to change it on this, on this computer. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. 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 Thank you. You can, you can carry on. Or were you trying to change? Okay. If if then you are just trying to change, it's fine. Uh, Honorable Brink. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Um, when I spoke uh, at the outset of the meeting, I did refer to the very useful and comprehensive summary provided by the researcher to the committee under the heading updated summary of submissions on the draft disaster management amendment bill, which uh, I think is important for all of us to apply our minds to. Um, and as I mentioned on my count, about 11 of the 15 organizations and three of the five individuals expressed reserved or qualified, uh, not reserved, qualified support for a bill of this nature that would impose greater accountability uh, and oversight and give parliament and the public uh, a role in uh, decisions in respect of uh, when to end a national state of disaster, as well as the contents of regulations. I think then it's very important for us also to consider the submissions um, by the Department of Cooperative Governance and the minister um, as to the desirability of amending the uh, uh, bill a chairperson. And I think it's important to say at this point that in the main, it seems that those objections were uh, that we can't take the competence of disaster management away from the uh, executive and give it to parliament that would uh, create an inefficiency in responding uh, to disasters. There was also the argument that uh, giving Parliament a role in the decisions about the extension of a national state of disaster, as well as the content of regulations, would cause uh, undue delays. And what happens, for example, and this point was hammered over and over, if Parliament is in recess. Uh, now, Chairperson, without going into each and every merit of uh, what the bill proposes, um, I think it's, it's fairly easy to respond to these objections by saying that quite clearly um, the bill does not aim to take away the competence of disaster management from the executive. It merely seeks to give parliament a greater role in what happens under the national declaration of a, of a state or national uh, disaster and the decisions that government can then take. Um, and we can debate uh, whether, as I mentioned earlier, the, the uh, declaration should be 21 days or a few months. <clears throat> we can debate whether 
a special or a simple majority should be required um, for the extension of a national state of disaster. Those are all things that can make it uh, easier potentially for government or the national executive to, to make effective and quick decisions. <clears throat> the chairperson is also important to note that in the absence of proper accountability, bad and inefficient decisions are also made. Unscientific decisions are also made. If decision makers are not required to account to members of parliament and members of the public as to the reasons upfront why a particular decision uh, has to be made, then the onus is on members of the public and interested organizations to run to court, to spend a whole lot of money, to cause a whole lot of disruption that could have been avoided had uh, proper reasoning, proper evidence been applied at the outset uh, so that we didn't have to ban alcohol or open-toed shoes or rotisserie chicken or whatever other, uh, quite frankly, ridiculous and economically ruinous decision was made, um, not because the people who were making them were bad people, but because uh, they did not have the benefit of uh, knowing at the outset that they would have to account in public uh, about the nature of their decisions and that those decisions would need a parliamentary approval. Um, and of course, if parliament were in recess and such a state of disaster had to be declared, well, my goodness, it is the easiest thing in the world to recall parliament, uh, especially now with the benefit of this digital platform chairperson, parliament can be recalled with a drop of a hat. Uh, so I think it's important that those submissions by uh, the department also be properly scrutinized and we don't just uh, look at these submissions. Um, and Chairperson, my conclusion is, is the following, that indeed there is a need for Parliament to have greater powers in uh, uh, decisions made about a national state of disaster. In particular, I'm less concerned about uh, provincial and district or local states of disaster, the biggest threat to the, for the abuse of power, and I want to stress this point, this exists beyond COVID. No matter who the minister is, no matter who the government is, no matter who the governing party is, there is a risk beyond COVID, the abuse of power of these wide-ranging regulations, and it is essential that as is currently the situation with a state of emergency, which is comparable to a national state of disaster, I think we've established that it's comparable, not, not exactly the same, but certainly very, very similar in the extent of the powers it, it grants to the national executive. There should be procedural constraints. And we as representatives of the people of South Africa who account to the public, who have to explain to people what we're doing um, how our uh, how the decisions of government uh, are uh, uh, can be changed so that uh, people can use their freedom and their opportunities. We must be able to apply our minds in a formal way, not just coming here for one or two committee meetings where uh, you know the minister might attend or she might not attend. Formal uh, procedural constraints in the hands of parliament are very, very necessary beyond COVID to preventing an abuse of power. 
which leads to misery and poverty and uh, damages society. And therefore, a chairperson, um, I, on behalf of the Democratic Alliance, I think there is the desirability, certainly, uh, for such a piece of legislation. Let us um, then, I propose, uh, uh, accept it as such that there's a desirability for legislation of this nature. And let us then go clause by clause once that decision is made and see uh, whether the provisions that are being put on the table is correct. But we have to apply our mind. We can't just simply simply default to a position, say, oh, no, but we're not. We have to apply our minds. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Director. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, Chairperson, it is uh, fundamentally important that the National Assembly maintain oversight over the declaration and the extension of the state of the disaster. And uh, Chair, what is also raised as a main concern is an issue of oversight, of which I believe that NA already has all the tools necessary to ensure that there's a proper oversight. So it does not require any amendment of the Disaster Act to do so. And uh, Chair, uh, I believe that uh, as, 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 as I make my recommendation on this matter, uh, I believe that the current COVID-19 regime under the Disaster Management Act has been implemented exceptionally well by the minister together with the support of the National Command Center. So there is no need for over-regulation of disaster management process as this will yield undesirable uh, result. So I think as part of measuring our, uh, our work during this COVID, as part of continuous learning and improvement, Parliament will have to work closely with the executive in order to identify whether out of the COVID-19 response, are there any important lessons taken forward through the amendment of the Disaster Management Act 2002 as it stands? And Chair, I believe that uh, one of the issues that have been raised uh, more and more is the issue of oversight, uh, of which I believe all the necessary committees, all the relevant committees within Parliament will need to strengthen that side of ensuring that there's a proper oversight that will ensure that everything and every decision that are taken on behalf of our citizens of South Africa uh, at the interest of our people. So I believe we have necessary tools in place. We just need to strengthen ourselves to ensure that there's a proper oversight that will yield positive results. Uh, thank you, Chair. Thank you. Uh, Honorable Kaiser. No, Chair, thank you very much. Uh, uh, I think that uh, we, we, we've said a mouthful here and, uh, in terms of our position on this. And most of the things that we said were pertaining to mimicking the same uh, uh, issues that are in place. And, and uh, I reiterate that uh, I still uh, not finding joy in, in really uh, getting as to what is it in their plans uh, for the proposed amendments that will uh, culminate into a proper, proper plan that will uh, be brought forward in the committee. That will say that in 21 days, this is how we're going to be dealing with this. 
This is how we're going to deal with uh, emergency preparedness. Uh, this is how we're going to be reducing risk of disasters, mitigating the severity of disasters. This is how uh, we are going to contain uh, the virus. This is how we're going to uh, ensure that uh, these uh, there depart departments are responsive are responsive to to the damage uh, caused by disasters. Uh, I think that uh, we are in unison in terms of that uh, that oversight that uh, need, that needs to be strengthened. And in some in some instances here, it is it is it is uh, written uh, and supported that uh, it should uh, it should do so. But we are not going to willy-nilly, uh, as my colleague said, uh, uh, support something that is not bring, bringing forward uh, an alternative solution to the current uh, amendments and, 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 and clarify a position in terms of what then are the origins of the proposed amendments. Uh, we are going to apply our minds in such a way and not accept things for the sake of uh, them being fundamentally uh, correct, uh, but not find and research as to whether they are in place uh, in terms of legislation or whether they are strengthened or not strengthened. So we're not going to do that. Uh, for instance, the monthly extensions uh, after 21 days, uh, that I would like to to to, to get around as to what then happens when when all these councils are in recess and uh, and the lapsing of uh, state of disaster and uh, and the and the bylaws that uh, that uh, that are uh, uh, obtained within that. Uh, period, that uh, the requisite majorities uh, in, in councils uh, must, uh, must uh, be a desirable rather than the proposed simple majorities, because uh, I, 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 I'm of the view that we can further uh, be stuck there trying to vote, we know how do we vote in parliament. There's a lot of this and that give and take and all kind of nonsense that happening within that. And then uh, we can end up holding the disaster management uh, process uh, at Ranzo to say that uh, let us continue to, to be engulfed with that particular situation and hopefully uh, end up uh, with an undesirable situation. But uh, I do uh, consider the, that uh, uh, the communities themselves uh, uh, suppose, suppose that uh, through the WhatsApp uh, groups, 
uh, that is a, is said to be a community. That 500 of people that are ambiguous there will simply say they don't understand these amendments and they don't support them. And anything that is uh, not clear from the public points of view cannot be clear with us as committee members. So in that chair and other honorable members that have spoken before, I do not think it's desirable. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, I think what we need to do now, we the minister is not here. I'm sure the leader of the team from the department has been listening to some of the whilst they are not the ones who are going to decide, I don't want uh, us to interpret uh, for ourselves, especially on the issue of uh, oversight and accountability uh, without them saying something. Equally, the researcher who gave us a summary of everything uh, let's not rely on Honorable Brink alone when this researcher is in this, uh, so that we, we can be able to answer this question. It will be answered by members uh, correctly. We don't want just to answer this thing of desirability. Can I invite uh, Dr. Tao to say something, especially? in helping us to clarify ourselves as we want to move forward on the matter. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Good morning, Honorable Chair, uh, Honorable Members, uh, everyone in the meeting. <clears throat> Thank you for the opportunity. Um, I have listened intently uh, when contributions were made um, and we basically would just be reaffirming what our minister has already expressed. Uh, and as a starting point, I just want to uh, clarify <clears throat> a statement that I had been mentioned, I think it was uh, Honorable Kunewald, um, regarding the, the minister's a role or authority in deciding on regulations. I want to clarify this by quoting section 26, which our minister uh, articulated last week uh, to show that it is not our min the minister alone uh, that decides on who decides on regulations. But the act in section 26, subsection 1, clearly state that the national executive is primarily responsible for the coordination and management of national disasters, irrespective of whether a national state of disaster has been declared in terms of Section 27. I hope we, if we can understand that, we'll realize that any decision that is made in this, was made in respect of regulations uh, was a collective uh, decision based on um, a reasonableness, rationality, and uh, also following procedural fairness. 
The other matter I want to just clarify, Honorable Chair, I, I said in the previous meeting that this piece of legislation is regarded as one of the most progressive uh, pieces of legislation uh, world over in managing disaster uh, risks. And in fact, some of the countries, to be specific, India, used this as a model to develop their own piece of legislation. The reason for that is that our piece of legislation is, is, is development focused. And it puts emphasis on uh, risk reduction, which is uh, uh, characterized by preparedness, pre uh, prevention, and mitigation. And, and I think if we are to have a, a thoroughgoing discussion about the, the act, where we must start is the extent to which we are reinforcing uh, uh, prevention, preparedness, and mitigation uh, perspective of uh, the piece of legislation. The response and recovery aspects are very important because it's about now uh, saving lives, uh, livelihoods, and protecting property. But all what we spend most of our time on, led by our minister and the national executive, is to ensure that we enhance prevention, preparedness, and mitigation. And um, that must happen through all development decisions that we made on a daily basis. The extent to which we comply with bylaws, the extent to which in the farming communities, uh, we make sure that we, we comply with best uh, farming practices so that we are not uh, hit by drought and other uh, incidents. So just coming to the specifics regarding the, uh, the, the, the amendments. At this stage, while we appreciate what Honorable Brink mentioned about desirability, and we want to emphasize the fact that desirability uh, has to always be balanced with adequacy, rationality, and reasonableness. Why we are saying this is that while it might be desirable, and Honorable um, Kaisa and um, Honorable Jireko clearly articulated uh, the facts, while it might be reasonable, it might be desirable, but uh, adequacy of these amendments uh, it's something that um, uh, has not been uh, has not reached the standard that uh, it needs to reach, implying that we need to do a thoroughgoing, just like any piece of legislation, thoroughgoing analysis of the piece of legislation to check how is it still uh, effective to ensuring prevention, uh, preparedness, mitigation, and response. Because if we just look at one element, we, we might end up losing uh, the whole picture of the focus of the piece of legislation and its implementation might be compromised. So we would like to still submit that, uh, let the department, our minister be allowed the opportunity to consult with all role players as the, the act is not only meant for implementation by our minister, but it must be complied with you had Honorable Clarissa quoting Section 8, Section 9, Section 10. And if you read that section with Section 25 about disaster management planning by sector departments, Section 38 by uh, disaster management planning by provincial uh, entities, and Section 39 
planning by um, uh, organs of state in the provinces, meaning departments, and section 52 about municipal organs and 53 about municipalities. You will realize how uh, multidisciplinary, multisectoral, and vertically and horizontally, the function has to be integrated uh, in order to be fully achieved. So I therefore want to submit that we uh, be given the opportunity uh, under the leadership of our minister to submit a comprehensive analysis, which is something that has already been done under the leadership of our minister in terms of which are the areas that might have to be um, uh, amended to improve uh, the uh, implementation of this piece of legislation. I mean, you can see an, a clear example, as I conclude, Honorable Chair, that with the recent flooding incidents, we saw many people being uh, trapped in, um, in uh, floodline areas. And this is the cry that we make on a daily basis to say, let people not be allowed to settle in areas that will compromise uh, their properties, their livelihoods, and even their lives. Uh, and it's a disastrous production issue that falls within uh, municipalities to make sure that bylaws are implemented. Uh, so if we can have the disaster management act enforceable uh, through bylaws of municipalities, I think we'll go a long way. We have seen countries like Gambia and them who have been able to implement what we call corrective risk reduction to deal with um, uh, vulnerabilities that communities continue to, to face. So that is how I would like to uh, conclude and therefore uh, just re reiterate the position as expressed by our minister that the draft amendment bill is not supported. And as uh, Honorable Jerego indicated, we will appreciate strengthened oversight um, where it is, it is necessary, but we'll work hard to ensure that we present a comprehensive analysis and proposal on possible areas for amendment. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. I have colleagues here, and Dr. Patiache is also here, I noted earlier, they may also wish to contribute uh, with your permission, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, if there's anyone, you can go ahead. One of them is prepared. We just want to empower members uh, in terms of whatever information that you might have. But if there's nobody wants to say anything, I can see members, their hands are up. But we want to, to, yes. Sorry, Chair, just briefly. You know, I went on to, to read something, Chair. Uh, because I always read these things. Uh, I might not. Uh, but but uh, Honorable Tez, I thought you are one of those people who are from oh, okay. the department. So let, let, let's, let's hear them first before we, we can... I, I'll come back to all the members. If there's okay. anybody, then if there's nobody from the department, uh, our researcher, anything you want to say before I come back to members good good morning chair and good morning to uh, the members of the committee as well as the guests attending the meeting chair i want to um agree with honorable brink that the majority of the uh, submissions that have been received 
um, actually express um, uh, a, need, a, a need for a bill like this. So um, if you look also at the submissions, the 500 plus submissions received via WhatsApp, you find that uh, the, when you read them, uh, people are actually refer referring to the adjusted lockdown alert levels. So that's what they are not supporting. Um, so they are not actually referring to the, to the bill itself. So um, yes, other than that, uh, I have no other addition to make. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Well, then I, I come back to you, honorable members. We would be, uh, we, I think as you speak now, you must also help us to, after listening uh, to each other and listening to the department and uh, the researcher, we, we, we are all, almost on the way forward. Now, honorable Tessa. Okay, Chair. Uh, before we are on the way forward, uh, there is no, legislation on, on, on the role of Parliament in relation to oversight and accountability as mandated by the Constitution. It says that defining oversight, it talks about it having a Westminster view and inherited by many former British colonies. And then it says, in South African context, oversight is a constitutional mandated function of legislative organs of the state to scrutinize and oversee executive action and any organ of the state. And then it will go on on 2.11 functions of oversight to detect and prevent abuse, arbitrary behavior, and illegal and unconstitutional conduct on the part of the government and public agencies. At the core of this function is the protection of rights and, and liberties of citizens. Correctly so, to hold the government to account in, in respect of how the taxpayer's money is used. In it detects uh, waste within the machinery of government and, and agencies. And my point is that to ensure that uh, policies announced by government and authorized by parliament are actually delivered, this function includes monitoring the achievement of goals set by legislation and government's own programs to improve transparency of government over operations and enhance public trust in government, which is in itself condition of effective uh, policy, policy deliver. Uh, then it says, it talks about defining uh, accountability, then talks about functions of accountability. So, so I'm saying that because uh, uh, of the available legislation, uh, uh, we might uh, uh, tread very carefully in terms of whether the availability of, of strengthening this available uh, legislation uh, does give effect to, 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 to citizenry and, 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 and build up the trust. But Chair, 
as I conclude, we have we 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 we, we are saying that uh, we cannot uh, at will uh, accept the position that uh, uh, 60% of, of of simple majority this and that that is proposed without proper interrogation and application of our minds. I would like a situation where I sit uh, together with uh, my senior Commissioner uh, Honorable Mkhalipi uh, uh, to discuss uh, the available legislations and the submissions that have been given by the department, you know, against uh, the proposed uh, legislation. Because, Chair, to just say uh, this is uh, uh, what we desire or not, uh, or not desire without having a satisfying uh, views as to what is entailed into the details, because we must analyze uh, the, 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 the conditions that, 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 that inform the proposals and, and by who, by the way, in society and when and how does it seek to, to remedy the situation and how does it seek to strengthen this. Uh, this. I, and I think uh, we, we were of the view that much needs to be done in terms of convincing us uh, to, towards uh, uh, ensuring that uh, we, we understand uh, the, the proposed uh, amendments. Uh, right now, we are not uh, in one accord uh, in terms of that. Uh, I, I said that uh, there is, a, the, 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 there is as, as my colleague pointed to, 15 organizations, 11 of which, of which come from the 15 uh, in full support of the idea. Five individuals who are expert on law three of them, uh, if we were to go by that and, and just conclude that that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the support of, 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 the, amended, uh, of the proposed amendments, then I don't think we would have made justice in terms of the solution that, is, that should be brought within the proposed uh, amendments themselves. What is the solution and how do we, how are we going to put, so that we know ourselves uh, what, uh, what, what better plan is in place. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Honorable Director. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, it was an old hand. However, Chair, I think I'm covered by the previous speakers, especially Dr. Dow and Honorable Kaiser on other aspects regarding the oversight. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Honorable Brink. Thank you, Chair. I don't want to repeat myself, uh, but I do want to say that uh, it is significant that uh, the majority of the submissions that we formally received uh, do show that there is public uh, support for the motion of desirability. And I think we must consider that uh, 
but I have given uh, my position and the position of the Democratic Alliance in favor of that motion of desirability already. Thanks very much. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if uh, Dr. Grunewald would want to say something. Thank you, Chair. If you give me the opportunity, uh, I will be very short, Chairperson, and may I respond to what uh, Dr. Tower said. Uh, it is understandable. He's a civil servant and uh, he must follow the, uh, the lead of, of the minister. And uh, I said at one stage, I understand it's not the minister as individual. Uh, I do understand the act. Uh, it is a collective decision. But I think, and uh, it may sound very strange, that uh, what the Honourable Member from the EFF said is exactly what is in the Constitution. There's a constitutional obligation on Parliament to ensure that there is accountability and oversight, which we don't have at this moment. And that is the essence of the whole bill. And I want to reiterate, this is a starting point. If the desirability is accepted, yes, it is desirable, then the department, then Dr. Tao and his team and everybody, all the role players can give their inputs. But I can assure you, Honorable Chair, if we do not accept the desirability, what was actually said by Dr. Tao is wait. The department will come forward with an amendment bill. Let's put politics aside here. And I, I said it in the beginning. I didn't start this process to score political points. It is because we are confronted by the electorate about accountability. Forget politics now. Think rationally. Think objectively as a member of parliament. We are all members of parliament. Do we fulfill our constitutional obligation as read by the Honorable Member from the AFF? No. And it doesn't matter what the department says or what Dr. Tao says about uh, adequacy. Yes, of course. And of course, if we don't need a 60% majority but a simple majority, it's for the committee to make those decisions. But at least if we accept the desirability, it can start functioning. And I want to make a prediction, Honorable Chair, that if we have to wait for the department, next year, this time, we will still don't have any proposed amendment bill. Because if it takes so long just to ensure that certain departments are in place when it comes to regulations, how long is it going to take for an amendment bill coming from the department? So, in short, I want to say again, if the honourable members make a decision, make it a decision not from a party political point of view, but as a member of parliament, do you fulfil your, can I say, constitutional obligation as a representative of the electorate? Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Um, um, well, as, as Chairperson, uh, listening to all the 
different uh, inputs and uh, what was expected of us to indicate the desirability uh, or not of this. And now listening to, I think generally all of us, we agree, we've got a responsibility to conduct oversight uh, over the executive. And uh, I think even the executive, uh, it's a constitutional obligation on our part as parliament. Uh, now, I think the bill itself is beginning to say there are gaps in terms of that. And uh, if I listened well to what Dr. Tao was saying, and I think the minister as well, I think that is where we, we, we need to get into, focus on what the constitution uh, gives us the responsibility to do, focus on this issue of uh, oversight and accountability in instances of disaster as it has happened. But not only guided by this uh, COVID-19, I think because when we make a piece of legislation, it must talk to disasters of whatever nature. Now, Dr. Tao, so I'm coming to what I think we must consider. He's saying, yes, we want to reclaim, irrespective of these other uh, small things that we are talking about, the days and whatever, the majority. Uh, the focus now is on oversight. He says, uh, then if we direct the minister as we would want to take this decision of desirability, to say, focus on this, give us feedback immediately on this issue of there's this piece of legislation, the current piece of legislation. We see gaps. Do you see the same gaps? And if we, we do, what is it that can be done immediately to improve on the bill that is before us so that we can pass through that? That is what uh, Dr. Tao was saying. Well, he was not talking about a, a, a short period. <laughs> As I was listening to him, you might write uh, Dr. Grunewald. He was saying there's need for a thorough analysis of uh, this, uh, uh, what we call gaps. And, uh, but I think we can convert that Tara to say, uh, do something that would uh, help us to decide. Why I am saying, let's listen to what he's saying, is because of what Mr. Teza has just uh, concluded in his remarks as well. Uh, to say yes, he's saying yes and no. He's saying yes to accountability, yes to oversight. The Constitution gives us that uh, uh, authority. Now, he can't, uh, after listening, he can't conclusively say then, 
as a party. You are right to say, let's look at this as a committee. But he says he can't conclusively say as a party. For now, he still stands by what he said earlier. But he can hear some of the things that members have said. So he would need more time. That's what I picked from, from him. So that's why I'm saying yes and no. Uh, if I, I take uh, the, the no part of it, then that agrees with Honorable Direko. According to Honorable Direko, uh, oversight, he says there's nothing that prevents us from doing oversight. It might be we need to focus on the legislation before us to say where is the gap. Then that agrees with uh, what Dr. Tau was saying and uh, accountability as well. And uh, then for Honorable uh, uh, Direko, he's saying, if we ask that question of desirability, for now, both of them, Teza uh, uh, and Direko are saying no. It is not necessary, but as I say, I need further consultation on the matter. And uh, I, would, I would suggest for now that let's not uh, push ourselves into a decision on the matter. I would say let's postpone the decision, but for a specific time frame, it must come uh, before us uh, soon after we have allowed uh, Honorable Teza, uh, Honorable uh, uh, Minister, let me not talk about the uh, Dr. Dao, Honorable Minister, identifying the question before us that uh, we must decide on the desirability before we can affect the technical, uh, whatever other issues that we agree on. With that, uh, let, let's let's say because normally we must give time frames when we we decide on issues. Let's say we give ourselves uh, um, now. Let me not uh, put the time frame. <laughs> let me allow members to to suggest. But I think the summary that I'm giving you must not remove this question that says desirability, a decision from the committee must be taken, allow space for whoever who wants to do further consultation. Any time frames? Chairperson? Yes, Honorable Kunavai. Chairperson, next week we meet with HPF in the morning from 9 to 12, and I think it will take the whole time. If we can then afterwards talk about the desirability of the bill, I think that will suit. Okay, there's a proposal, honorable members. Do we agree? Any member to support that uh, time frame?
Honorable Brent. The chairperson, I do think it uh, it would be good if we can uh, deal with it as, as, uh, as soon as possible, having received this information. So I would support that. Supported, assume, agreed to. Then this uh, matter stands to uh, uh, the date uh, suggested next week when we listen to uh, that municipal pension fund immediately after that uh, item. Uh, then, then that should conclude the business for the day. And uh, uh, I think all of us we must apply our minds to make sure that by that date we would be able to move forward in terms of what needs to be done. Uh, Dr. Dao, you must give feedback to your principal and uh, uh, I think that's, that's that. Uh, if there's nothing, would I be wrong to say we have come to the end of the business for today? Uh, meeting is adjourned. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Members. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Honorable Drago. Hello. Honorable Drago. Honorable Weep. Chairperson. Yes, uh, Honorable. I was, having, I was having a problem of the network. I did write even the, in the group. Can, can, I, can you maybe uh, repeat it to me? Because now I can hear what you ask, what you, I can hear you clearly. Uh, about what the honorable uh, members who, who last speaking about uh, I hear what what was saying Katie. After that, I I lost. Uh, you got you got lost. Okay. Got we 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 are saying we are postponing the decision now today. We will not take a decision on the desirability of the bill. Okay. Uh, we are postponing it to next week uh, on the day when we would be listening to the pension fund, uh, um, pension fund, uh, uh, it is on which day, briefing by me, on, on the 2nd of March, it's postponed to the 2nd of March after that item. Uh, where we are saying Honorable Pesa asked for more time to consult on this thing of desirability. And uh, the representative of the department, who I said uh, is representing the minister, also wanted more time to look at specifically the issue of oversight and accountability. Uh, 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 on on the issue of the Disaster Management Act as it stands. So we, we are saying, all of us, let's go back, then come back on the second to take a decision on the desirability of this amendment uh, uh, and uh, this amendment bill which is before us as a committee. Uh, 
that's what we agreed on. I'm not sure if you're still hearing me. Sorry, Chairperson. Uh, yeah. The meeting is actually on the 1st of March because the Salga conference is from 2 to 4 March. So the meeting with the... It will be on the 1st Municipal. Of yes. Yes, Chair. Then let's communicate it properly, including this item now, in terms of uh, the decision of this meeting. Uh, I'm sure Honorable, was it Honorable Kaba, if she can hear us, then you communicate with her. Uh, the meeting is urgent. Record.